0: You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies, with your host, Richard Franzi.
1: Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1117. Traditional healthcare insurance is a game you're guaranteed to lose, and if you want better results... Then you need a different approach. Michael Manieri is helping businesses find healthcare strategies that are effective and cost-friendly. I've asked him to join us today to discuss more of his restructuring health care movement and book The CEO's Guide to Lowering Healthcare Costs by 30%. Michael, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Well, thank you, Richard, for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So why is traditional health care insurance a game businesses are guaranteed to lose?
2: You know, that's, that's a great question. Uh, traditional health insurance is, is a game employers are, are basically guaranteed to lose from the standpoint that the result is fixed. You know, your, your costs are guaranteed to go up every year at a, at a rate of, you know, three to six times traditional inflation. And, you know, if you think about it, what other fixed costs in a business – goes up like that. What are the drivers and, for the cost going up so much greater than inflation? Well, I mean, it, it, there's so many problems with, with health care in this country, and, and you know, one of the problems is it doesn't act like a regular marketplace. I mean, there's no price transparency, there's, no, there, there's really no competition. Um, you know, providers are, are really uh, allowed, for the most part, to charge what they want behind the veil of insurance.
1: And why, I mean, this is a capitalist country. We have competition in all facets of, of our different niches and businesses. Why is this space different than the rest?
2: It's one of those dirty little secrets that, that <laughs> nobody wants to talk about, right? And especially, you know, the, the leadership of this country on Capitol Hill. And and the, the secret that nobody wants to talk about is the fact that our health care system is designed for higher costs. You know, every... Everybody on the supply side of healthcare, whether it's hospitals, providers, um, insurance companies, and um, you know, pharmacy benefit managers, drug manufacturers, um, they're all trying to maximize you know their slice of the pie and increase their profit. And they do all this behind you know I, I call it the veil of insurance, but um, th- they do it all in a way that's not transparent to consumers and employers. And and the system really allows them to do that. So so what in your background,
1: uh, Michael, is it, 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 that kind of brought you to this place where you're doing this work and writing the, this book and talking this way? What what's your background?
2: Well, I'm an employee benefits broker consultant. Um, you know, I've been in this business, um, you know, going on, you know, 17 years. And, you know, you spend enough time in the business, uh, you know, you start to learn a little a thing or two. <laughs> and um, yeah. <laughs> I've I've just I've learned enough and I've been in the industry long enough to understand, you know, the real reasons that healthcare costs uh, you know, continue to rise at unsustainable rates. And um, you know, I, I got tired of, of seeing my clients, you know, continue to get, you know, beat up with, with high healthcare cost increases and even more than that, I got tired of, of hearing stories about how their employees are struggling to pay for health care even when they have insurance. And so that was really the motivation for for writing my book and and launching my podcast. So, Okay,
1: so you do a podcast. We'll get to that a little bit later here on the radio show podcast as well. So um, I sort of said in the open, you know, if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results and a different approach. What options exist from your inside kind of knowledge to lower costs for employers?
2: Well, um, there are lots of options. They're just not the options that are being marketed to most employers. And and really, you know, to to solve the problem, you have to think about root causes of the problem. And and most of the insurance products that are off the shelf, they don't deal with root causes, they, they deal with symptoms, which is why we continue to see healthcare costs increase year in and year out. And so first and foremost it you know, you have to understand why healthcare costs rise in the first place. And that's really what we write about you know in the book it's it's kind of exposing you know some of the myths about healthcare and and health insurance um, that people have come to believe and once you start to peel back the layers of the onion and and really understand the why then you can you can focus on um, strategies and solutions to kind of address you know some of the inherent misaligned incentives in the system so are you saying it's not the greedy insurance carriers
1: or drug manufacturers that are causing this uh, rise, continual rising costs. Well it's
2: it, it's not it's not solely because of them. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, you know, the media would have to believe that they're kind of responsible, right? Hey, it's right. those greedy insurance carriers and drug manufacturers. Right. Yeah, that's that's partially true. But for the most part, insurance carriers, you know, they're kind of a pawn in this whole game of healthcare. I mean they're just passing on costs. You know, hospitals and providers and, and diagnostic imaging centers and medical device manufacturers, every, everybody plays a part in this.
1: So you're talking about a new paradigm for structuring health insurance, and, and I guess I'm wondering, we have about uh, three minutes in this segment. Um, can, you, can you share a little insight into what that paradigm that you work with your clients and what you're advising in your book
2: should look like for the business owners that listen to my radio show and podcast? Absolutely, my pleasure. So, I'm going to give you an example. So, there is a lot of waste in the system, right? You can have, you know, a hospital charge three thousand dollars for an MRI, and you can have a freestanding imaging center charge four hundred dollars for an MRI. That's a pretty huge price variance, right? Yes. But there's 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 no um, in the current benefit plan structures that we have today. There's no incentive for the employee to go to the lower cost one. And so one of the things you have to do is you have to align incentives to get your employees to go to the lower cost imaging facility to pay $400 for that MRI versus 3000. And one of the ways you can do that is through benefit design. You know, if you you get somebody who's going to the lower cost uh, location, why charge them anything? Because they're saving the employer money. And so that's, just kind of a simple example of how you engage your employees to be partners in the process of lowering healthcare costs. Okay, Michael. So uh, here's here's
1: the two things that I picked up so far in the first block uh, in our interview. One is, unfortunately, all too often in the healthcare industry, we're dealing with the symptoms and not the causes of rising mm-hmm. costs, which is Correct. a great analogy for the healthcare space. And the second one is, we've somewhat disconnected. The consumer, from the cost equation, they're not making value-based decisions in this industry like they would make maybe in all other purchases or most other purchases in their life, because to them, they're not really seeing the difference between $3,000 and $400. They're just making their decision based on some other factors not related to cost. Is that true? Bingo. You hit it. Okay. So so you, gra- you gave us great insight in our first block. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we take a short uh, break here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. When we come back, I'm going to turn inwardly a little bit, and I- I'd like to kind of ask you a bit about your book and what was the inspiration for you to take the time and make the commitment to writing your book. Can we cover that when we get back? Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you don't want to go anywhere because Michael and I are going to come back and talk about his book and much, much more after this word from me.
0: Best-selling author Richard Franzi has written what Marshall Goldsmith has called an incredibly poignant foray into the realm of unintended consequences of executives' decisions. In Killing Cats Leads to Rats, Mitigating the Unintended Consequences of Business Decisions, Richard Franzi takes a close look at the impact of unintended consequences on business performance and employee engagement. Through the retelling of the experiences of executives at Pepsi, Wells Fargo, Kodak, Volkswagen, and many others, Richard paints a compelling real-world account for how executives leading firms of all sizes must do a better job of anticipating and controlling the outcomes of their strategic business decisions. Killing Cats leads to rats is available through major bookstores in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook formats. To learn more, visit www.richardfranzy.com
1: And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. All of our shows can be heard anytime on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, several hundred former guests, websites whose CEOs have appeared on our show. Since we started the show in 2009, we've reached hundreds of thousands of listeners through the live stream here on octalkradio.net, our podcasts, and the other platforms like YouTube. Simply type Critical Mass Radio Show into your favorite podcasting software to find our weekly interviews with great guests like Michael Maneri. He is actually our 1,429th interview. We've had eleven hundred plus podcasts, but we've done fourteen hundred interviews because in the early days we used to put two interviews into one podcast, but we got more sophisticated over the years, nine years of doing this. Anyway, before we took the break, Michael, I said I was gonna ask you to share the inspiration for you to write this book. What was that?
2: You know, I, I think I briefly alluded to this you know before, but you know, I was I was really inspired to write this book. Um you know, through the interactions with my clients, and and just seeing the frustration with the, you know, getting high healthcare uh, increases, you know, year in and year out, and you know, in addition to that, you know, I I was frustrated with the fact that, you know, there wasn't a lot of people nationally or or in our industry talking about the why. You know, why do healthcare costs you know rise in the first place? And so I, I felt that there was a lot of ignorance in the marketplace and. You know, I wanted to, to do something that would contribute to, you know, attacking that ignorance and, and starting, you know, a dialogue and, and education to motivate change.
1: And I, uh, having uh, written a couple books myself, I know it's no easy feat for people to write a book. Is this your first book? Uh, it is my first book, okay. yes. Is it your last book or do you think you have other books in you now? Well, pr- probably not. Probably okay. not my last book. Oh, good, no. good. Now that, you, now that you've done it, you know how you can do it, and is, is this independently published, your book? It is, it is independently published, and it's, and it's published in, in kind of a unique way as well. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. We're going to tease that, because I want to ask you, and maybe we can't get through all ten of them, but can you give us some ideas about the you know, I know you write about 10 myths of health care and insurance. We've probably talked about some of them in the first block, but any other ones that you want to make sure that my audience is aware of, the 10 myths of health care
2: and insurance? Yeah, yeah, that's a key part of, our, um, of the book. But um, let me give you another example. You know, one of the myths is that in insurance carriers, network discounts with providers are really effective in controlling costs. And, and this simply isn't true. And I'll give you a very simple example to illustrate the point. So if the build charge for you know, a healthcare service, let's just say it's $100, and the network discount through the insurance carrier is 40%, then your effective cost is, is $60. And you know that might seem like a pretty good you know, deal you know, at first. But if that build charge is, increases $7 each year for two years, well, your actual cost went up 14%, even though there's a 40% discount. that's one of the key problems with the network discount model that we have with uh, most insurance products is that it inherently allows uh, a high degree of inflation and, um, you know, the the build charge is really whatever the provider wants it to be. And and if I could, um, it would seem to be in
1: that model if I was the one who was setting the price, I would want to set the list price as high as possible so that I could give you the perception of the biggest discount possible so it's actually yes. causing the unintended consequence is to inflate the list
2: price that's exactly what happens and what you have you've got all these different insurance carriers out there touting their network discounts well what does it matter if you have a 60 or 70% discount if the actual cost of healthcare you know rises between 9 and 15% every year right and the
1: concern is that at that type of accelerated rate, are you starting to see employers and employees getting almost priced out of um, kind of a minimal minimum viable insurance plan in the traditional model?
2: Yes, yes. I mean, the Kaiser Family um, Kaiser Family Health Foundation uh, recently did a study, um, and it basically said that you know fifty percent of people that actually have insurance we're not talking about the uninsured, but people that have insurance, 50% of them have trouble affording, you know, a portion of their health care. So we're, we're getting to the point where, you know, we, we've, you know, employers can't afford the increases. So they, they, you know, shift the cost to employees in the form of, uh, you know, higher payroll deductions or, or higher copays or deductibles. And, you know, it's getting to the point where people can't even afford that. You know, I'm going to come
1: back to what we talked about in the first block, and and it might be my misperception, but again, believing that capitalism, while it's an imperfect system, is is about the best system that we, is the best system that man has come up with for commerce yet to be improved upon. Um, Mm -hmm. It seems when you disconnect the buyer from the value price consideration, you've, You've introduced some type of perversion into the market that might be enabling this type of problem that is getting systemic within the healthcare industry.
2: Oh, well, that's just it. I mean, this—you know—I'm a—I'm uh, a capitalist for sure, and a, a proponent of uh, free market competition you know, where employers uh, or, or companies compete for, you know, their, their customers, right, with one another. Um, and I think that's the best for, for society and, and creates, you know, value for, for individuals and businesses. But that's not what we have in healthcare. There's a number of perverse incentives. And, you know, the consumer is absolutely disconnected from, from cost. And we don't have, um, you know, a lot of good statistics and information on quality and value out there and and the result is we just have this this perverse incentive uh in healthcare where you know all of the people on the supply side can really you know raise prices with very little you know
1: adverse consequences and then you have so so you have a level of market ignorance by the consumer because they don't really know what you just said what's the what's the performance of the supplier and you have a disconnection from the price and then you layer on top of that The heavy emotion that we're talking about someone's health, not the oil in their car. This is their body. And I I think they get, it's even more difficult to have a value-based conversation with them because the perception that a lower price may be an inferior product maybe isn't true in your example from the first block, the $400 MRI to the $3,000
2: MRI. That's right. I mean, if you if you look there, we, there are a number of studies that basically show there's no relation between price and quality. Oh my god! Many of the you know highest cost providers you know here in California, you know may have lower quality ratings for certain procedures. So you know there's this perception that you know it, you know because it's a more expensive you know hospital facility, that the quality should of course be better, and that's just simply not true. So so this really is. A, a, um, a consumer
1: awareness issue. I mean my audience are CEOs and business owners and they're in in our model in the United States they carry the responsibility largely for providing some level of insurance to their employees and figuring out how to do that. But it's really their employees who need to be the informed. You know, so many industries have been disintermediated by technology, where the consumer is now much more informed as a buyer than they've
2: mm-hmm. ever been before. But Michael, it seems like in this industry, that hasn't happened yet. No, it hasn't. You know, with all the advances in technology, you know, you you would think that we get more efficiencies um, and, uh, you know, price decreases. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, employers, you know, this is a big part of their, their fixed cost expenditure. And, you know, if you want better results, then you need to start thinking about giving employees better tools to navigate the system because, you know, left to their own devices, it's too hard. You know, we have a fragmented healthcare system. Uh, it's very complicated, all of the insurance products and the jargon and trying to navigate, you know, what your insurance pays versus, you know, what your provider's, you know, telling you to do and the various treatment options. And there are uh, companies out there called healthcare navigators that can really be, you know, great uh, resource to help employees sort of navigate uh, the healthcare ecosystem and, you know, find lower priced, high quality options in the market. So, so uh, I have had a number of different jobs in my
1: career. Some work for really large companies where they were self-insured. They had a large enough population pool where it would just made sense for them to kind of insure it Uh, in your experience working with your clients is is the idea of self-insurance working for smaller level companies in this
2: non-traditional model or or not it can be and that's actually one of the myths that we we deal with you know in the book you know um for for a lot of people, the you know the storyline goes, you know, you have to have you know you know five hundred or a thousand employees to self insure, and and that's just simply not true in in today's environment. Um, you know, smaller employers that have you know close to a hundred employees, they can begin to start looking at self insuring, and self insuring is kind of the the key first step to be able to look at alternative solutions that can actually. You know lower your health care costs and there are captives out there that can provide some some risk management uh, to uh, for small employers relative to you know potential large claims so I you know there are a lot of creative things that employers can do about you know their health care costs and for the most part a lot of them are just unaware
1: of it so uh, in this in the summary for the second block with you Michael it, it seems to me that uh, it reinforced some of the thoughts in the first block in that if we keep doing what we've been doing we're going to get the same results as it relates to healthcare costs which are mm-hmm. ever increasing healthcare costs and That's right. th- that for the for the target audience of my show which are the business owners CEOs of lower middle market companies that maybe taking a non-traditional approach to solving this healthcare problem is what is needed today to be able to move their company in the direction of managing their cost basis better. It, it, are those fair assumptions and statements based on our
2: conversation? That, that is a fair assumption and, and accurate and, and essentially you know, what, what the employer has to do is they have to work to correct all of the misaligned incentives that lead to higher health care costs and create you know, a benefit program where the incentives are aligned toward lower costs. Do you work with companies in Southern California? Oh, yeah. Okay. I work with companies up and down California. Okay. So you,
1: you are, I, I say that because you're not in the studio today. We're here in Orange County. Where are you located? Downtown LA. Okay, perfect. So you're, you're local. You're Southern California, right. just like we are. So if people here, you know, most of my audience does come from Southern California, although we have a national following. If someone mm-hmm. would like, like to learn more about you and your practice, how do they find you?
2: Well, a number of ways. Um, they can find me on LinkedIn, um, you know, but uh, I have a special page uh, for your listeners to get more information. It's uh, www.reconstructinghealthcare.com backslash critical mass, and there um, your listeners can get uh, free access to my book, uh, The CEO's Guide to Lowering Healthcare Costs by 30%. We also have a video training on the seven root causes of higher health care costs and what you can do about it. And then, of course, we, we have great content on our own podcast for employers who want to learn more about uh, innovative vendors that are in the marketplace that are, are doing wonderful things to help employers lower their health care costs. So there's obviously a link on that landing page to your podcast as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. okay, so that's one-stop shopping then, ladies and gentlemen. Can't get any easier than that. Well, I want to thank you, Michael, for being a friend of the program. You know, Welcome to the critical mass business community, and I really appreciate the conversation that we had here this afternoon
2: on ideas to lower health care costs. Well, I appreciate you having me on, and, and I hope your listeners got some value out of the information. Have a good day. Thanks so much. Thank Bye-bye. You.
1: All right, I'd like to thank the engineer again, Paul Roberts, our producers without whom the show could not be possible, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. I would also like to suggest if you want to connect with me on social media, and I hope that you will, try LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And once we connect there, we can figure out what other social media platforms are appropriate. If you're looking for some interesting reading for this summer, then I would encourage you to consider Killing Cats Leads to Rats, Mitigating the Unintended Consequences of Business Decisions. It's my latest book, and it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, other booksellers. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction